SCCT would like to thank HeartFlow, provider of the HeartFlow FFRCT analysis, for its sponsorship of the Donut of Destiny podcast. Precision Heart Care is available to patients at hundreds of hospitals across the globe through the use of coronary CTA and the HeartFlow FFRCT analysis. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Donut of Destiny, the podcast on all things cardiac CT for anyone interested in cardiovascular imaging. My name is Praveen Ranganath with radiology at Massachusetts General Hospital in the United States. Today's episode will be a little different than usual. If you'd allow me, I'd like to take a few minutes to discuss a recent publication focused on cardiac CT that has created a lot of discussion. As physicians, we need to ensure that our patients are properly informed and are provided the best opportunity to realize their healthcare goals. As cardiac imagers, we are stewards for the judicious use of cardiovascular imaging. It is therefore our responsibility to provide our expertise on the benefits, the risks, the science, and the culture behind cardiovascular imaging to help our patients reach their healthcare goals. On March 15, 2021, the JAMA Internal Medicine Patient Page published an article titled, Should I Get a Coronary CT Scan? For context, the patient page is designed for our patients to access understandable answers to health questions from scientists and physicians in the field. For this effort, I applaud JAMA Internal Medicine for creating this platform to help our patients stay informed and make the best decisions for them. However, this is where my praise for this publication ends. The publication opens with a nicely colored table containing information on calcium score CTs and coronary CTAs, which is then followed by text that answers several sub-questions. The table has several problems in its technical description of cardiac CTs. The table states that there are two different types of coronary scans that take place in a standard CT scanner. While this statement doesn't take into account the specific need for an ECG-gating-capable scanner, I won't take much issue with this because patients need not know this information to make an informed decision. The next lines of the table state that a coronary CTA visualizes blockages in the coronary arteries and uses intravenous chemical dye. Okay, I will take issue with this because it it oversimplifies the utility of coronary CTA. Coronary CTAs provide far more information than just blockages. It includes information about coronary anatomy, plaque characteristics, cardiac morphology, potentially cardiac function, valvular anatomy, pericardial anatomy, and adjacent non-cardiac structural anatomy. Uh, Furthermore, The term chemical dye as a substitute for iodinated contrast agent is unnecessarily reductive and creates apprehension. I'll address the remaining issues I have with the table in my breakdown of the accompanying text in the publication. So the text attempts to answer four questions. What are the potential benefits of a coronary CT? What are the potential harms? What are the alternative choices? And what should a patient know about independent heart scan clinics? Okay, so regarding the potential benefits, 
The publication does little beyond stating that a calcium score CT measures the calcium and a coronary CTA visualizes blockages. So here are a few things I noticed were absent from the list of potential benefits. Calcium scoring is a powerful risk stratification tool in predicting adverse outcomes in appropriately selected patients. Calcium scoring provides incremental value over traditional risk scoring methods such as the pooled cohort equations. Coronary CTA reduces heart attacks in symptomatic outpatients compared to standard of care. And, you know, data supporting these claims derive from the MESA study, the Heinz-Nixdorf recall study, the Framingham Heart Study, the Jackson Heart Study, multiple sub-analyses of the CAC consortium, the Scott Heart Trial, and several meta-analyses on outpatient coronary CTAs. I'll go out on a limb here and say that most cardiac imagers are very familiar with these data and these conclusions. So it is a bit disingenuous to exclude this information from the so-called potential benefits section of this publication. Okay, so next, the potential harms. The publication identifies five potential harms. Increased worry, over-testing slash over-treatment, radiation exposure, dye reaction, and extra cost. All right, let's start with increased worry. The publication states that discovering plaque or calcium has been associated with increased worry without proven benefits. All right, so there is some merit behind this statement in regards to calcium. No randomized controlled trials have been completed to date evaluating the impact of calcium scoring on adverse outcomes, and only observational studies have demonstrated improved statin adherence. However, a few rhetorical follow-up questions. Does an accurate risk prediction tool also need to demonstrate improved outcomes? What randomized control-level data do we have to support improved outcomes for clinical risk scoring tools? Is it ethically just to allocate resources to a trial on patients with a calcium score of zero? All right. And regarding plaque and CTA, the statement regarding no proven benefits is false. If you believe the Scott Hart data and meta-analyses including these data, which show fewer myocardial infarctions compared to standard of care. What's more, Patients are often most concerned about whether they actually have heart disease. Coronary CTA is the best non-invasive test to address a patient's concerns as it directly visualizes plaque in the coronary arteries. This is what heart disease is. Risk prediction tools and stress testing have utility, sure, but they do not directly visualize that plaque. Moreover, the extremely high negative predictive value of CTA and the reassurance of a normal scan makes a meaningful difference to patients. Okay, the next potential harm, over-testing slash over-treatment. There are data both supporting and opposing the idea that cardiac CT results in increased downstream testing. For example, a meta-analysis of the major acute chest pain trials does demonstrate more invasive angiograms and more revascularizations following cardiac CT versus standard of care. The data from stable chest pain trials is a little less clear-cut. Scott Hart demonstrated less downstream testing versus Promise that demonstrated more. Insurance claims data largely do not support the claim that cardiac CT leads to more downstream testing. Thus, it is overgeneralizing to claim that cardiac CT results in over-testing and over-treatment. The next potential harm, 
radiation exposure. The publication claims that coronary CT involves relatively high risks of radiation and that repeated radiation exposure has been linked to negative health effects, including increased cancer risk. Okay, uh, lots to unpack here. Let's address this relatively high radiation business first. Almost 15 years ago, delivering an average effective dose of 10 to 15 millisieverts was commonplace with the use of 16 to 64 slice scanners and retrospective ECG gating. CT technology has advanced tremendously since that time, with much more sensitive and numerous detector elements, more advanced tube current modulation techniques, and more sophisticated image reconstruction algorithms. Today, average doses from coronary CTAs typically lie around 5 millisieverts. At my facility, it's not uncommon to perform a 1 to 2 millisievert coronary CTA. For reference, the annual background radiation dose is around 3 millisieverts. Low-dose lung cancer screening CTs average around 1 to 2 millisieverts. Oh, and and calcium scoring CTs deliver less than 1, oftentimes less than 0.5 millisieverts. On the other hand, a TEC-99 myocardial perfusion scan averages around 10 to 15 millisieverts. So let me rephrase this. The radiation dose from a modern-day coronary CTA is a fraction of that from a nuke scan, which is still the standard of care in chest pain workup at many facilities. So if anything, coronary CTA doses are relatively low, not relatively high. And now, about this negative health effects and increased cancer risk. Let me be extremely clear here. There are no data to support an association between diagnostic levels of radiation and deleterious radiation-related effects in adults. In pediatric populations, yes, there are epidemiological data to support the association of diagnostic level radiation and increased cancer risk, albeit a very, very small absolute risk. And what's more, there are data from the atomic bomb survivors that demonstrate an association between therapeutic level radiation and deleterious stochastic and deterministic effects. But once again, absolutely no data support the claim that diagnostic levels of radiation result in adverse radiation-related outcomes in adults. The claims regarding radiation in this publication are wholly false and serve to propagate the now-debunked narrative that all radiation is bad. All right, the next potential harm, dye exposure. Other than using the phrase chemical dye again, I have no qualms with the publication's claim that rarely people have a bad reaction. Allergies to iodine and the non-iodinated components of contrast media are well known. Allergies to iodinated contrast media are always part of the benefit-risk discussion with patients. The last potential harm is extra cost. This is obviously tailored to an audience in the United States, which does not have an entirely socialized healthcare system. The publication correctly claims that coronary CT scans are not always covered by insurance. However, this is rapidly becoming the exception and not the rule. Notably, since last year, the largest commercial insurer in the United States began reimbursing coronary CTA as a first-line test for stable chest pain, and many payers have similar reimbursement systems in place or in the works. It's widely expected that the U.S. society guidelines will follow those of its European counterparts that already strongly support the use of coronary CTA for stable chest pain. Once this occurs and payers fall in line, reimbursement will become effectively a non-issue. Furthermore, 
Many coronary CTA cost-effectiveness analyses accounting for all downstream testing have been performed, including from the U.S.-based PROMISE trial on stable chest pain. On the whole, these analyses have shown that a coronary CTA-based strategy is cost-effective compared to standard of care. (sighs) Okay, (laughs) let's move from the potential harms to the third question in the text. This addresses the alternative choices to coronary CT. So the publication claims that a coronary CTA won't change recommendation or treatment for most people. This claim is largely true, especially if by most people, the implication is greater than 50% of patients. But, you know, I ask you to consider these examples from the ischemia and Scott Hart trials. In ischemia, 5% of patients were excluded from the trial due to left main disease identified on coronary CTA. In Scott Hart, CTA information resulted in changes to treatment decisions in nearly 23% of patients compared to just 1% in the standard of care arm. 5% and 23% surely isn't most people, but does that mean we shouldn't use coronary CTA for that population? Moreover, should we expect the results of other diagnostics like nuke scans to change management in more than 50% of referred patients? The publication goes on to claim that coronary calcium is not changed by lifestyle or medications. This claim is just deliberately misleading. Coronary calcium is the sequela of a complex process of atherosclerosis, analogous to a scar that never really goes away. To imply that calcium should be used as a metric to measure treatment efficacy is to misunderstand the pathophysiology of atherosclerosis. Furthermore, there are robust data from the statin literature showing an increased coronary calcium in response to the drug. Possibly the most troublesome statement in this part of the publication is the following. Cardiac stress testing is a more informative first test for people with chest pain suspicious for heart disease. Stress testing and anatomic testing are not meant to compete against, but rather to complement one another. To imply that one is superior to another is to misunderstand the symptomatology, the pathophysiology, and the diagnostic workup of patients with suspected angina. And if more informative here means better at identifying cath-adjudicated coronary disease, there are volumes of data from studies like Scott Hart, Promise, and other big trials demonstrating the superior sensitivity, specificity, predictive value, and accuracy of coronary CTA compared to all types of stress testing. The final question in the text refers to independent heart scan clinics. The intent here is to address elective coronary calcium score CTs offered in the community. The publication states that there is no evidence that these scans provide any benefit and are of questionable quality. I do agree that calcium scoring is most useful in appropriately selected patients and not all comers. That said, the absolutes in the statement of no evidence of any benefit are clearly meant to deter patients from calcium scoring altogether, even when clinically appropriate. Furthermore, no professional society endorses the elective use of coronary calcium scoring. The publication concludes by referring patients to two links. These links are not to any of the numerous studies, trials, and meta-analyses that I've referenced in this podcast. They're not to any of the evidence-based multi-society guidelines in cardiac imaging. 
They're not to publications in reputed cardiology or radiology journals at all. In summary, many statements in this publication stand in stark opposition to the vast troves of scientific data that we have collected on cardiac imaging over the last several decades. Many of these statements are at best half-truths and at worst outright fallacies. As I previously stated, it is our responsibility as physicians to help our patients realize their healthcare goals. To spread the misinformation in this publication to our patients would be irresponsible. I know this episode was a little different than our usual format, and I thank you all for tuning in. Once again, my name is Praveen Ranganath, and this is the Donut of Destiny. Cheers. Thank you to our sponsor, HeartFlow, for their support of this podcast. HeartFlow is working to help clinicians across the globe recognize that coronary CTA is central to delivering precision heart care to patients. HeartFlow is revolutionizing precision heart care with the HeartFlow Analysis, a non-invasive personalized cardiac test that combines 30 years of human ingenuity and advanced technology. To learn more, visit www.heartflow.com.